So much about Christmas time is about giving of gifts, isn't it? And we see that in the story of, uh, of, of, of Christmas, uh, the wise men coming giving and gifts, and so much of that gift giving has passed down into our society today. But you know, we've got to look at gift giving, and we're going to look at gift giving right back in the Old Testament. You know, in Old Testament times, um, when you were invited by the king, if the king invited you to come into his presence, you never went into his presence without a gift. And if you went into his presence without a gift, you would offend the king. You would literally insult him. So important was this gift that even though, even if the king was extremely immeasurably wealthy, and even if you were extremely poor, you had to give a gift. In the Hebrew culture, gift giving was so important. Every time someone approached the temple, he was required to bring a gift. Leviticus chapter 5, 7, and 11. Anyone who cannot afford a lamb is to bring two doves or two young pigeons to the Lord as a penalty for their sin. If, however, they cannot afford two doves or two young pigeons, they are to bring as an offering for their sin a tenth of an ephah of the finest flour for a sin offering. So under the Old Covenant or the Old Testament, men offered material offering, material gifts in order to be accepted and to be to saved from their sin. So you couldn't ask for forgiveness without bringing a gift. You could not come empty-handed. You had to bring a gift. No gift, no access. You had to bring a gift. It was an insult to not bring a gift. So <clears throat> all of the New Testament, in the New Testament, it was all about mankind, men bringing gifts to God. But, you know, when they, when they brought this, these gifts, it always involved some sort of emotion, some sense of anxiety, some anxiousness. You know, they're always like, always kind of like hoping. It's like they'd hold their breath and they're always hoping, hoping. Like, is, you know, is my gift acceptable? You know, is the lamb, is my lamb unblemished? Are, are the doves clean? Um, is that ephah of, of, of flour fine enough? I hope it is. I hope, I hope, I hope. You know, always wondering, is what I am doing measuring up to please this holy God? So in a new, but, but, you know, that was, you know, that was the concept of giving. Always men or mankind giving gifts to God to be accepted, to be forgiven. But you know what happened at Christmas, Steve? That first Christmas, something shocking, something so surprising, something miraculous happened that day. Instead of gifts given by men going upward to God, it was the gift of God that came downward to men. Amen? So, you know, in, in the New Old Testament, there's this description of giving to God. And Psalm 68, verse 18, um, the psalmist says, You have ascended on high. He's talking to God. You have ascended on high. You led captivity captive. You re- received, you received gifts among men. Well, actually, that word should be, I think it should be from men, even from the rebellious. Everybody has to give gifts to God. That the, and then it says that the Lord 
even a rebellious, that the Lord might dwell there. And then in verse 18, 19, it says, he says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. In the Old Testament, if you brought a gift and if it was accepted, and then he, God, would literally load you down with blessings daily. But in the New Testament, in Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul quotes from these very verses from Psalm 68. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. And this is what he says. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Each one of us, what was given to us? Grace. What is grace? Unmerited, unearned favor from God. Unearned, merited favor from God. Laugh. Love, acceptance, and forgiveness. Unearned. Unearned. Unmerited. Undeserved is what he gave us. That's what what God is today. That's what Jesus, the gift of Jesus Because Christ died on the cross, shed his blood, had his body broken, brutalized for us. Because of his shed blood and his broken body, because of the cross, we are accepted, we are forgiven, and we don't have to pay for it. He did it all. Amen? That's that's the, the wonderful gift of Christmas and of Jesus. And no one else could do that except God himself, the Son of God. So, Paul is saying here, Paul is saying, did I read that scripture to you? But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. And what did he do? And gave gifts to men. Paul is saying, the Old, Old Testament, Jehovah God, received gifts from men. And that's the way that you could get access to him. But under the New Covenant, the New Testament, Paul changed it. And he says, when he ascended, what did he do? He gave gifts to men. Question. Who ascended from the grave? Who ascended to heaven? Who was it? What's his name? Jesus. The old, so, the Old Testament Jehovah is now the New Testament Jesus. The one who was born in the manger in Bethlehem in human form. He was the same God. The Jehovah God in the Old Testament is Jesus in the New Covenant. It's if Ezekiel Chapter 37, verse 13. The prophet Ezekiel says, Then you shall know, whether he's quoting the Lord, then you shall know, the, the Lord is saying, then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. Now, God is saying here, here's what to look for if you're looking for God on earth. He says, when I open graves, then you'll know that I am God. So in the New Testament, question, who opened graves? Who opened? 
Yeah, Jesus, the one who said, Lazarus, come out. And the one who raised people from the dead over and over and over again. And what's his name? His name is Jesus. Jesus. Job chapter 9, verse 8. Job said, "He, he alone spreads open the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. Job is the oldest book in the Bible. Very first written book. And here, Job has, when he quotes these scriptures, obviously he has a vision of a God who's walking on water. Question, who walked on water in the New Testament? Jesus. Who called, calmed the winds and the waves? Jesus. 600 years before Bethlehem, that first Christmas, God said these words. Isaiah 35, verse 4. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear. Wow, what a great word for us today. Do not fear. So many people living in fear. This world is covered in the darkness of fear. You know, there, there's three, I heard 365 times God says, do not fear in the Bible. That's the fear for every single day of the year. Do not fear. Since for your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution, and he will come to save you. And then in verse 5, he says, Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf, deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Question, who opened blind eyes? Who opened deaf ears? Who raised the paralytic from his sick bed? The Jesus, right? You know, who caused that mute man to speak who couldn't speak all his life? Who did all of this and more? Of course, his name is Jesus. He is the gift. He is the gift, and you can give him praise right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for all you've done. You know, if you read through the New Testament, sometimes I think... I don't know about you, but sometimes I get this impression that this whole New Testament is, 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 is about us. It's about you. You know, it's about us giving our lives to God. You know, um, giving our past, our present, and the future, which we're supposed to do, which we should do, which is important. God wants you to surrender your life to him, to take, deny yourself, take up the cross, and to follow him without compromise, right? No wishy-washy commitments. He says, don't be lukewarm, be on fire, follow him completely, fully. But listen, it's more than just about us. There's more to the gospel than that. You know, it's, you know there's, it's not just about you, it's about him. Because he's the giver, he's the giver, and not you. You know, often we take for granted the most ultimate gift, and of course his name is Jesus, he is the most uncommon. He is the most spectacular, the unbelievable, most unbelievable. And Amy said, the most unfathomable God gift ever. And his name is Jesus. And God gave us Jesus. Luke's Gospel, chapter 11, verse 13. Jesus says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Let me ask you, you as parents, how many of you 
as parents, want to make sure, have already made sure, or are going to make sure that your kids have gifts to open on Christmas morning. How many? Oh, some of you. Only some of you. It should be all of us, right, as parents. If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give good gifts? He says, you being evil. Actually, he's saying here, compared to, you know, compared to God, you know, none of us can, you know, uh, none of us can, can measure up to God. But if you, even in your flawed state, are parents who want to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father want to give you the gift of Holy Spirit? The gift of Holy Spirit. Notice he didn't say, give you the gift of mercy or gift of forgiveness or the gift, the gift of, forgi- of, of, of grace. Jesus is saying this. He's saying this. When he gives you, when my Father gives you Holy Spirit, he gives you me. He gives you me. He is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Bible calls Holy Spirit the gift of the Father. You know, what's so, you know, what's so amazing about this gift is, you know, you can either receive it or you can reject it. You know, you think about gift giving. Somebody gives you a gift. You have two choices, right? Number one, you can receive it and enjoy it. And number two, or secondly, you can throw it in a trash can, right? Well, actually, there's three. If you're gift-giving, you can re-gift it, you know? You can white elephant that gift, but you, you know? But you know, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is this. I want everyone to, to understand that the Holy, that Holy Spirit is a gift, and he's available to you and I today. The message of Christmas is not just a baby born in Bethlehem. The real message is in his name. We sang that name, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, God with us. But listen, he's not God with us until you receive Holy Spirit into your life and he lives in you continually. What does Holy Spirit do? He speaks to you. He comforts you. He convicts you. He guides you. He's with you. He never leaves you. You know, he encourages you. He leads you. You know, listen, He's not like Santa Claus, right? He's not like Santa Claus. You know, like see, he, he, even when you're not good, like you said, even when you're naughty and you're not nice, he never leaves you. He loves you. He comforts you. He's there no matter what. Let me, see, let me tell you, you cannot make it in this life without precious Holy Spirit. Amen? Three times in the Bible, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul uses this word, unspeakable. Unspeakable. First time is when Paul was taken up to heaven. And it's in 2 Corinthians 12, 3. He talks about this man who went up to heaven. He says, I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knows. God knoweth. How he goes caught up into paradise and how, and he, and he heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. That's the first time. Unspeakable words. The second time was when, that when, 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 the apostle, when that word unspeakable used was when the apostle Peter said in First Peter chapter 1 verse 8, when he talks about this joy unspeakable, joy unspeakable and full of glory. You know, there's not much joy in the world today, is there? You know, we've had a, in this world, you know, we've had a tough year. But, you know, I believe 
that 2024 year, there's going to be lots of joy. Amen? The third time that the word unspeakable is used in the, in the New Testament is in 2 Corinthians 9, 15, where Paul says to the, to the Corinthians, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gifts. Unspeakable gifts. What he's really talking about was thanks be to God for this incredible gift of his son, Jesus. What did he do for you? He took away your sin. He took away your, your, your shame. He even takes your sickness and he nails it to the cross. He endured the most brutal beating and he gave us up his life. But three days later, he rose from the grave, right? And 40 days later, he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the seat of God. And now we have power and authority to, given to us through his name. But he told his disciples in John chapter 16, verse 7, it is better for you that I go away because if I do not go, the helper will not come to you. But if I do go away, then I will send it to him, him, send him to you. Jesus was saying, it is expedient that I go because if I don't go, then I can't send them. See, the story of Christmas is not just the story of a baby in a manger. It's more than just about the cradle and the cross, the Calvary on the cross. It's more than that. But it's about God sending Holy Spirit. And Paul said, thanks be unto God for this unspeakable gift. You have an unspeakable gift. Words cannot describe it. It's that gift that God has given you through his son Jesus is indescribable. It is unspeakable. It's a gift that you can't express and put into words. So question, will you welcome this gift into your life? He's called Holy Spirit. Will you welcome in him into your heart? You know? So when you accept Jesus, you accept Holy Spirit. And he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will always be with you. I am Emmanuel. I'm God with you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, this is not up on your screen, says, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Immediate when you, immediately, when you believe in Christ and you invite him into your heart, you received the promised Holy Spirit. Verse 14 says, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. That means when you go to heaven, to the praise of his glory. When you get to heaven, I don't know what it's going to be like, but I know we're going to come. You know, somebody said when you get to heaven, you come to these pearly gates, right? And Peter's standing there, and he says, you know, and he gives you, and I know it's not, it's, it's just made up, I think, but, but you, you know, what gives you the right to come in here? Who gives you permission to come in here? We know the Bible says, Holy Spirit is the guarantee for you to get into heaven. When you come and you leave this earth and you go to meet with God, the first thing that's, that, that the Lord is going to recognize, heaven's going to recognize, is the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus in you. It's, he is the guarantee, right, of your inheritance in heaven. Listen, if you don't have a Holy Spirit, then you're not eligible for heaven. Amen? If you're trying to follow God 
and you're trying to learn all of, you, you learn, you know all about God. What you have is religion. You don't have a relationship with God. It, a relationship with God comes through Holy Spirit. Amen? When you have a relationship with Jesus, when you're born again, you're born again by the Spirit of God. His Spirit comes into you and He begins to transform your life into a new life, a new person. Amen? Everything before the coming of Christ was humankind bringing gifts to God. But this Christmas season, we are reminded of what an incredible, unspeakable gift given to us through Jesus Christ. He is the most uncommon, the most spectacular, the most unbelievable, the most unimaginable gift ever given to you and me. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads. Thank you, Father. Close your eyes. I want everybody to say this prayer out loud with me. Will you say this prayer without my, um, out loud, please? Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you went to the cross and you shed your blood to pay for my sins. I repent of all my sins. Because of you, I'm forgiven and I'm clean. Lord Jesus, I'm willing to give my life to you. I want to live for you. Come into my heart and be Lord and Savior of my life. I receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that is unspeakable, indescribable, unexplainable. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and amen. If you keep your heads bowed, eyes closed. If you said that prayer and you invited Christ into your heart for the very first time, could you raise your hand and raise it high and just wave it? I'm looking over here. I received Christ today. You invited him into your heart. Raise your hand. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Raise your hand and receive Jesus. Thank you, Father. You said that prayer. Will you do something? Will you go back right after the service? Go back to the connections booth, and we got a gift for you. And I want to tell you that's just the very beginning of this incredible thing called a relationship with Jesus Christ. Make sure you do that. Amen.